0: Us in this series that we've been talking about called Adrift. Uh, a number of weeks ago, we began this series simply um, because I needed to hear something that I had shared years ago for our church. Uh, I needed to hear it for myself. And God used things that I had spoken before to just really grab my own heart. And, and that um, has been, a, it's been a it's been a journey that living out a little bit here on YouTube, and uh, but it's been it's been some lows and it's been some uh, highs and steps in a good direction, and, I, and I'm grateful for what He's doing in my life through, and I believe and hope that He's doing something in yours as well. Uh, this thought of being adrift, you know, when you look at the the topic or the, the the word adrift, it just simply means to be without purpose or guidance, to feel lost or confused. And I, I you know, I don't know. Have you felt that way? You know, maybe it's like, oh, you know, marriage feels like, oh, I don't It's kind of, it's lost and it's kind of lost its direction. Or maybe it's, you know, financially like, oh, I don't know which way is up anymore. With COVID or like with masks or no masks or just this, this sense of confusion. Like, I just don't really know where I am. Um, you know, we said the reason we talk about this idea of drifting is because drifting leads to danger and potentially to death. And if we drift in areas of our life, you know, morally, financially, in our relationships or relationships with, with Christ, it, the consequences can be massive. And so, you know, a few weeks ago, it's longer than that, but that's where I found myself adrift and uh, grateful for Holy Spirit. Just bringing the people and things into my life and his word into my life that I needed in that moment. And that's, that's the hope that I have for you. But it begins with that awareness. You know, that question we asked in week one, are you drifting in any area of your life? You know, marriage, financially, friendships, faith, life in general, are you drifting at all? And, you know, we don't always know and realize that we're drifting until we find ourselves adrift. And that's what we wanted to talk about um, this morning. Last week, you know, in part uh, two, we we talked about, um, you know, some of the reasons why we end up adrift. We just put a list of them up here, you know, that this is the reason why boats go adrift. You know, number one, they're not paying enough attention or they're not anchored or they ignored warning signs that would have prevented them from drifting or they ran out of fuel like we learned in last week's story with Tasha Brown running out of fuel and finding themselves adrift last week we also looked at what you can do and the thing that we said is you know when he said not paying enough attention was to pay the most attention to what matters most pay the most attention to what matters most in your life and as Stephen Covey put it in these words maybe you can finish the sentence the main thing Wow, slice stone. The main thing is to keep the main thing. The main thing, he said, and uh, you know that is the truth. The main thing is to keep the main thing. The main thing. And man, it's like when you think about doing that, it's not easy to do. But you know, as we looked last week, that. Paul wrote to Jesus' followers and said, you know, the main thing in Christianity is to know Christ. It's not to attend church. It's not to say prayers. It's not to read your Bible. It's not, to, not just for the sake of doing those things. It's not to do good works. It's not to be a better person. It is to know Christ. And my hope that this morning is that this service that we're doing together would be a part of you and myself getting to know Christ. That that's what it's for. Because it takes zero effort to uh, drift. It takes, in, it takes an intentional effort not to drift in our, in, our, in our lives. And so, you know, it takes intention to right the ship if you, if you find yourself adrift or to find your way to safety. And I want to look at that this morning. Before we do, I want to start you off with a story. The story of, um, her name is Tammy Oldham. And uh, if you've seen the movie Adrift... Uh, if you haven't, man, it's a, it's a pretty great movie. came out in 2018. It's based on a true story. Uh, just in case you haven't watched it yet and you want to, th- this is a little bit of a spoiler alert. You may want to pause this until you see that picture uh, or you know, turn down the volume until the picture goes away. But the, st- the true story of Tammy Oldham, uh, her and her fiance, his name was Richard, they were um, commissioned or asked to take a, a 40-foot yacht from Tahiti all the way to San Diego. And that is a long journey. And so they said they agreed to it because they just loved sailing. And as they took this yacht, on the journey, uh, three weeks into their trip, they were uh, all of a sudden they realized there was a hurricane coming and it was a level four hurricane and they named that hurricane Raymond. I don't know why they name hurricanes. Maybe it's like, oh, so you like them better. But this was one mean fella and uh, this hurricane, it seemed to just change its course depending on where they went and it tracked them down. They said it was almost predatory. Well, that hurricane caught up with them on uh, October 12th, and she was 23 years old at the time, and uh, she remembers saying, she said Richard was up on the upper deck, and she, she was below, uh, below deck, and they got hit by this wave, and it was uh, 40-foot waves, and it just uh, destroyed the mast, wrecked the boat, uh, ruined the, the engine, the navigation system, everything was down, and she was knocked unconscious. Uh, she had a gash on her head, and 27 hours later, she came to, and she had been knocked out, but her fiance had been knocked overboard and he was lost at sea. The next few days, she just sat there not knowing what to do, just drifting and, and trying to get the you know, water out of the hull, and just had, had no idea what to do at that point. then she realized that, you know, she, if she was going to get to safety, she had to do some things. And so realizing she didn't have her navigational equipment, she began to get out the, the old school stuff, you know, the manual, the sextant and the maps and, and her watch and started tracking where she was and, and began to figure out where she was and and what direction she was heading. She realized she's not going to make San Diego anymore. So she instead aimed for Hawaii and which was 2,400 kilometers away and decided that's where she would head. And. And uh, 41 days later, she arrived at Hilo, Hawaii. And as she got to that port, she uh, saw a large ship coming out and she shot off the flare guns and she was rescued just minutes later. Man, what a great ending to a story, but, you know, the, not all of the drift stories end that way. You know, it's true that for many people, they end up adrift and they have no idea what to do. And as a result of not having any idea what to do, they just keep doing what they've always been doing. And they find themselves continually drifting. They feel like, you know, that saying, they're up, they're up a creek without a paddle. They've got you know they they just like I don't know what to do so I'll just keep doing what I'm doing but you know for us I think sometimes we have that same mentality when we find ourselves adrift in our lives we we just we have good intentions about doing something We're like, yeah, I don't want to be drifting in my marriage. I don't want to be drifting financially. I don't want to be drifting in my relationship with Christ. I don't want to feel far away from you. Uh, And yet we have these good intentions. I'm going to do something. But my question for you this morning is, if in the last couple of weeks uh, you've realized that you're feeling adrift, what have you done about that? Because I know a couple weeks ago, someone just, they, they, they told me, Mark, was like I was sitting on the edge of my seat as I was listening to your message. It was gripping my heart. Others had said, you know, it was like God was speaking directly to me. I'm in that spot in certain areas of my life. My question to you is, what have you done differently this week since that point? It's because the temptation for us is to say, oh, I recognize it. I'm aware of it. And I feel better now that I'm aware of it. But we haven't actually done anything. And the truth is our good intentions actually need to become good actions. That something has to actually change in the way we're doing something for life to actually change. It's that, uh, that definition of insanity, right? That if we're going to do the same thing over and over and over, but we expect a different result, it's not going to happen. Something has to change in the way we do things. You know, the U.S. Coast Guard actually gives some tips to those who find themselves adrift in a boat. They're like, if you find yourself adrift in a boat, here's what you need to do. Number one, you got to put on your life jacket first. And they're very specific about this. This is the first thing you have to do. The second is lower your anchor, regardless of whether you're in shallow water or deep water. Put your anchor over, uh, uh, lower the anchor either way. And then finally, yell or signal for help. You would think that that would be self-evident, that you would just, okay, if I'm in trouble, I'll yell. But they said so few people actually do that we need to make that one of the things. And so this morning, I just simply want to talk to us to myself as, uh, as well, if we find ourselves adrift in any area of our life, that these three things actually apply to us as well. You know, number one is first things first. To put on the life jacket first, first things first. Uh, last week we looked about what to do if, if our relationship with Christ is adrift. Because that's super important for us as Jesus followers. That's the first thing. That's what Jesus was calling to the church in Revelation and saying, come back to what you did at first. Because it matters that we do the first things first. And, you know, we can, we can find out what we actually um, are prioritizing in our life. Like, there's a way to measure what's actually the first things in our life. We said pay most attention to the things that matter most. There's a way to measure whether we're doing that or not. Do you remember what the measurement tool was? Time. Exactly. It's how are we spending our time? I thought about that more this week uh, as I was studying and prepping for this. Um, that thought of time, you know, uh, the, it, it's it's not just spending it. You're actually investing your time. You know, if you think about it, uh, this week gold actually went above two thousand dollars an ounce. Uh, years ago, I had purchased gold, and you know, if you, if you purchased gold five years ago, uh, you just doubled your money because that was a really good investment over the over uh, to have made five years ago. And if you're like sitting here now, you're like, man, I wish I had my goal of 5 years ago it's the same idea of how are we investing our time uh, are, are we in, uh, not just, no, we're not just spending our time, but the way we use our time is an investment in something. Are, like, what, what are we gonna do five years from now and we look back and say, wow, I'm so glad I invested the time in my marriage because look at us now. Or I'm so glad I invested, you know, in a in, uh, financial plan because look at where I am now. Or I'm so glad I invested in those friendships. I know it was some late nights and sitting around campfires and I wished I had been in bed instead, but man, actually, I'm so glad I invested in those friendships because man, I needed them now, you know what, maybe it was uh, investing in your kids or investing in your faith. Like, I don't really have time for devotions or this time to do all this sil- silence and solitude and Sabbath that we talked about last week. But five years from now, we look back and go, well, man, I'm glad that's where I invested my time. Or maybe you'll look back and go, man, I invested my time in watching like uh, The Office three, three, like the, the whole thing three times over. I can quote half the the the, the shows, man. What good is that in five years from now? Maybe it is. I don't know. But what will you look back and say, wow, I'm so glad I invested my time. You know, back in the day, I was really terrible with money. Uh, Just ask my wife. She'll tell you. I, I, I had this thought that I could spend the same money twice. And you're like, oh, how, did, <laughs> you, you, how did you come to that understanding? You know, the, the truth is, it came through a little thing called a credit card. I would go and I would shop. I knew when I put my paycheck in the bank, okay, that money's in the bank. And then I'd go to the store and I'd see something I want. I'd swipe the credit card and go like, ah, that's right. I put that money in the bank. And then I'd see something else I want or online. I'd be like, ah, pay for that in the credit card and, and think, you know, oh, I have that money in the bank. Never actually checking what I actually had in the bank. And so I would spend the same money twice, sometimes three times over. And at the end of the month, I'd realize, whoa. There's, there's not enough money to pay for all this. And then I would feel really bad about it and feel depressed. And so i go buy something to feel happy, right? So, but this idea of spending the same money twice doesn't work, but uh, it, it allows you to with a credit card. But we don't have a credit card for time. You can't actually spend time twice. If you're a multitasker, maybe you can do a couple things at the same time. But the, the thing is this, that when you say yes to something with your time, you're saying no to a whole lot of other things because you just can't do them all at the same time. And so when you say, uh, you know, yes to some things, they may be good things, but the challenge is that we would say yes to the most important things in our life. Because sometimes we're saying yes to things, and by saying yes to that, we end up saying no to the most important things in our life. You know, we say yes to overtime, which says no to family time. We say, you know, yes to this hobby, which says no to this um, relationship with Christ. We say yes to this temptation, which ends up saying, you know, no to, to uh, future um, regret. And that's what I say there's things that, that we need to consider. And he says first things first. Maybe you're like me and you thought, you know, well, yeah, but what about my job? And what about work? And what about the issues and all the struggles and whatever and everything else i got to deal with what about those can i tell you those are (laughs) problems and issues and all that stuff it's like a machine gun you know when you have a machine gun full of bullets you shoot one bullet what's in the chamber next another bullet it's like a problem you deal with the problem boom oh there's another problem boom oh there's another problem well once i deal with this then i'll have more time but it's still there one after another after another. You're like, that's kind of like um, violent. Well, for, if you're not into the violence, then it's more like whack-a-mole. You know where that game where you're always like going after the mole. The mole always wins. There's always one more mole. Nobody wins the game of whack-a-mole except for the mole. There's always gonna be you know one more overtime shift. There's always gonna be one more pesky neighbor that's bugging you. There's always gonna be one more issue. There's always gonna be one more phone call. There's always gonna be one more Facebook post. There's always gonna be one more episode. There's always gonna be one more. We just have to simply decide to say, I'm going to put down the hammer. I am going to do first things first and prioritize it. Jesus explained this 2,000 years ago to a group of people sitting on a hillside in northern Israel. He said to them this Matthew six verse thirty three He said seek the kingdom of God above all else. He said seek the kingdom of God first and live righteously and he'll give you everything you need. You know he's talking to them. They're all so worried about food and clothes and tomorrow and issues and problems. He's like he said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about the you know all those things that those upcoming you know shells or all those upcoming molds. He said food clothing. Don't worry about that. It, tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today has a uh, is trouble. Today's trouble is enough for today. He's like, the idea that you keep living as if, you know, the the next problem-solving thing is is the answer. He's like, there's always going to be one more. He says, so instead, seek God and seek his way of life first. Put that as your first thing's first priority. And the way you do that is to plan. To be intentional, to plan, you know, to plan to stay fueled up and connected to him like we talked about a couple weeks ago. That you plan, you know, to keep your marriage healthy by, you know, spending time in, in, in quality relationship with your spouse. That you plan to keep your financial future healthy by having a financial plan. To plan morally. If you struggle with things and say, I've got a plan in place for when I'm tempted, here's what I'm going to do. There's plans in place. Because so often what we find is we're so tempted to leave the plan. And so, first things first, put on the life jacket. Deal with those things first. And then second, they say lower the anchor. Because even if you're in deep water, they say it's going to slow your, pro- your drifting. And, it, and it'll eventually catch on something and, and keep you from drifting any further. You know, I remember going on a fishing trip once. And uh, was one of the guys, and he's like, hey, yeah, throw the anchor. Overboard. And just so I was about to throw. He's like, oh, wait, hold on a second. He's like, make sure it's tied to the boat. Because, you know, there's been times where he had tossed the anchor over and there went the anchor and there went the rope right to the bottom of the lake. And I felt like it was like this guy's face, right? You know, like Michael Scott moment, like, you know, that, that, oh, I wished I had, I wish I had done that or hadn't done that. Um, Missed that. But, you know, if you find yourself adrift, if you find yourself adrift, the the, the thought is that you would stay or re- once again, become anchored to purpose in your life. To purpose. The purpose of what the life is about, what marriage is about, what finance is about, what faith is about, to stay anchored to that. Last night, or a couple nights ago, I watched The Greatest Showman with my kids. If you haven't seen that movie, oh, it's fantastic. But here's a guy, Hugh Jackman's character, building, you know, through the life story of um, P.T. Barnum, the, 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 creating this massive uh, empire of the circus and in the end, he's sitting there and realizing, you know, I wanted a better life for my kids, and I worked harder. I did all this stuff, and I got to the end, and then he, it all burnt down, and he loses it all. And he sits there at the end. And he sees a photo of his family, and he says, "Wait a second, I remember what all of this was for. I remember what all of this was for." And from now on, <laughs> no, let's not put that on. This is a different song. From now on, you know, my eyes won't be blinded by the light. From now on, I'm going to do something different. Man, that's my encouragement for us today is that if you find yourself adrift, it's like, you know what, F- wait a second. From now on, I'm going to do something different. Proverbs 29, verse 18, you know, Solomon writes these words where there's no revelation. The people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. That, that that word revelation just means divine guidance, you know, like that leading of the Lord or, or that understanding of purpose. Those things become like an anchor in your life. And when there's no anchor, people just get disconnected and, and it, it leads to total loss for many. It leads to disaster. Marriage is like, you know, for instance, I've seen marriages where things are a little bit rocky, and then one of the spouses just decides to toss the rope overboard, forget the anchor, they just go. They, they either go and do something crazy, or they're so they're so angry because you know they're not getting what they want. They just lash out at their spouse. I, you hear about people saying words in a moment of anger and frustration, and it's all about me, and I'm not getting what I want. That they can't undo for years and years and years. Why? Because they forgot the purpose of what marriage was really all about and just un, uh, untethered from the from that anchor for some, it's financial right now you know going through COVID it's like spending willy-nilly not not tracking anything because man the government's sending me money do you know that our government is doing the same thing just spending willy-nilly saying "Ah, oh, we'll just give all this money away not realizing that down the road someone's gonna have to pay for that that we just untethered from like <laughs> common sense and find we'll find ourselves in trouble you know, morally, how many people have it's like, ah, oh, just do what feels right in the moment, thinking, hey, you be you, you be you, just do whatever feels good for you, not realizing that years from now, that's just regret after regret after regret. Young people, you know, I, I see so often where it's like that thought of, my parents, they don't know anything, you know? They haven't had a new thought in 50 years, you know? I'll just do, what I, do what's good for me. And years later, they'll look back and go, oh... Why did I? Why didn't I? You know, look for wisdom. Why didn't I anchor my life to a purpose? Too often we ignore the warning signs of what's going on on our inside here. That says, you know what? Don't don't untether. Paul wrote to Timothy and he warned him about that. He says it can happen. An older guy writing to a younger guy. First Timothy one verse nineteen. If you're following along, he says to Timothy, cling to your faith in Christ. Keep your conscience clear. That voice on the inside saying. ah. I wouldn't do that. Ah, don't forget the purpose. He says some people have deliberately violated their conscience. They just deliberately go against that voice, the voice of reason, the voice of wisdom, the voice of conscience. And he says as a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. He paints that word picture. He's like their their faith, their relationship with Christ is lost as a result. Man, what a crazy thought. He, he gives some names like, hey, Hymenaeus and Alexander, these are a couple of them who've done that. You know, it's like Zach was talking about earlier, where God just drops these things in your heart about, hey, you need to clean out your closet. There's things down in that heart of yours that, that we got to get out of there. Don't ignore those warning signs because by, you'll find yourself drifting you know, and then you'll wake up one day and go, how did I get here? Just like Tasha Brown from last week where they were uh, <laughs> ran out of fuel between those two islands and, and then they're like, well, we'll just sleep and we'll we'll call somebody in the morning and they woke up 100 miles away from anything. Why? Because they wonder, how did I get here? Maybe that's you this morning. You're like, man, how did my life get to here? How did my marriage get to here? How did my financial situation get to here? How did my life get to here? You know, there's a, It's that idea of being unanchored. You know, as you read through the history of the kings of Israel and the nation of Israel, you see them drift away from God, come back to God. Drift away from God, come back to God. And it's kind of, they all all write about the kings. Well, this man did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. This man did what was right in his own eyes and, you know, abandoned the Lord and There's one king named Jotham in 2 Chronicles 27, verse 6. He says, he became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. That thought is he was super intentional about anchoring his life to God's purposes. He's like, the way my life's going, it's going to be in line with what God's purposes are for my life. And it says he became mighty as a result. You know, he anchored his life in obedience to God's purpose. What about us? Have we done that? Are we anchored to the purpose of marriage Are we anchored to the purpose of what finances are? The purpose of marriage is not so that someone's going to make you happy. The purpose of marriage isn't like, oh, you're going to live happily ever after. The purpose is that you get to share your life with somebody, that you get to serve someone, to put them above yourself, to live out what what Christ has done for us, to mutually love and respect one another and to, to build a life together. But if you get lost from that purpose... I think, oh, it's just about me being happy. Oh, man, you'll be tempted to toss the line. Financially, maybe for you, like, you know, the thought, just how much can I get? How much joy can this bring me? That's not the purpose. The purpose of finances in our life was, you know, like Dave Ramsey says, live like no one else right now so that someday you can live like no one else. And that doesn't mean that you get to be a millionaire someday. It means that, he says, live like no one else so you can give like no one else. Because God's dropped stuff in your hands to be a blessing to other people. That's what it's for. Man, the joy you'll get if you... Get that. But if you don't anchor to that purpose, you'll get so distracted by trying to get stuff, get stuff, get stuff, and in the end, find yourself empty. If you're not anchored to the to the um, purpose of friendship, it'll just be, what is what can that person do for me? What can that person do for me? What can that person do for me? And I've been there. And in the end, you know why? You end up empty and lonely because you toss the anchor um, of purpose and you toss it to the bottom of the lake. You know, I, I want to encourage you this morning, if he's speaking to your heart, to say, you know what? <laughs> God, get me back to, help me rediscover the purpose of where I've gone, of the relationships, of the things that I had. I don't want to drift anymore. And finally, the last thought. You know, they said, the the Coast Guard says, you know, put on the life jacket first, do first things first, toss the anchor, get anchored to purpose, and third, yell. Yell, yell, yell for help. If you find yourself in a drift in any area of your life, don't stay there. Don't stay there. You know, when Tammy, I think about Tammy, from the, the movie Adrift, when she finally, after 41 days, arrived at near, near um, Hawaii, she had a like, sc- um, cut wound on her head. She was you know uh, dirty. Her clothes were just bedraggled. She was starving, hungry, thin, not looking too great. She didn't like notice all of that and say, Oh man, you know what? <laughs> I don't want anybody to see me like this way. She saw help, was available, shot off the flares, and, and they rescued her. But you know what, I find so often for us when we're adrift in areas of our life, we don't shout for help. We, we don't. We, we, we're like, tell someone. Ah, I don't want to tell someone that I'm drifting. I'd rather, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out myself. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get my marriage back on track. I'll, I can do this myself. I don't need no counselor. You know, I, I can do this on my own. I'll get my faith back to where it needs to be. I'll, I'll, I'll fix me. I'll deal with this addiction. I can handle it. Don't, do, I, I've got it. And then, you know, after I've got myself back together and fixed up nice and prim and proper, then I'll tell somebody. You know, the truth is it just doesn't work that way. Last night at our outdoor service, somebody shared too that said, you know, once you reach out and actually tell someone, man, it's like a weight gets lifted and you actually have the freedom to step into the change. And so the thought today, just real quick, there's two people I think you should tell. Number one, find a trusted friend. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a counselor. Maybe it's a mentor that you just say, hey, listen, I need to to tell you I'm drifting. And be careful who you tell because not everybody's for you. We live in kind of this culture of drifting that's like, it's almost like the lazy river, right? Where, you know, at work, you're like, hey, you know, fellas, I'm kind of drifting in this area of my life. And they're like, "Yeah, so are we. Come on here. Let's drift together. You know, you want somebody who's going to encourage you to take steps forwards. You know, maybe it's time to talk to somebody. Maybe it's time to send that text. You know, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. And if you realize you're adrift, don't keep on drifting. Tell someone. Maybe it'll be the most important text you send. And then third, that last person to tell, tell the Lord. Tell God. You know, it's interesting when you look at all the stories of people who are drifting boats. They have one thing in common. They, they, they pray. Then they pray. They pray. And it's not that idea of saying, you know, okay, you know, God, I said my prayer, but just having a heart to heart with your heavenly father. The, the brother of Jesus, James, he wrote it this way and said, if any of you lacks wisdom, not lacks a bailout or like, you know, God, get me out of this. But God, somehow I ended up here. I need wisdom to live my life differently. He says, ask God. He's going to give it to you liberally and without reproach. But let them ask in faith. Let them ask trusting that God's advice, God's wisdom is worth following and don't doubt it because those who doubt it's like they become like they're tossed on the waves again again that's that feeling that word picture of being adrift so will you continue to drift in silence or will you reach out like yeah reaching out is difficult yeah but the consequences of not reaching out are worse and so it may feel uncomfortable at the start you know but i encourage you this morning to be intentional. So as we close today, you know, it, it doesn't take any effort to find yourself adrift. And if you do find yourself there, it didn't take any effort to get there, but it's going to take some intention to, to right the ship or to get back to safety. And, and the question is this, will you commit to doing the first things? Will you commit to say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm actually going to do the first things first. Samuel Johnson said it this way, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. If you've got good intentions, <laughs> the destination isn't that great. <laughs> Because we need to do something different. You know, maybe you're saying, well, someday I'll take my spirituality a little more seriously. Or someday, you know, I'm going to have, someday once I've got, you know, I've worked enough of these shifts, I'm going to have enough time to spend with my family. Man, someday has got to become today. That's the thought. And then secondly, will you rediscover the purpose have the most important things in your life? Will you rediscover the purpose and tether your life to the purpose of those things so that the other stuff doesn't distract you from the most important things? And finally, will you yell and let someone know if you find yourself adrift? Will you reach out to God and others? Or are you just going to take the path of least resistance and continue to drift, hoping that you're going to be the one who avoids danger and avoids death in those situations? (laughs) It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't work that way. You know, and finally, for those of you who are watching, maybe you're not a Jesus follower this morning, or you know, some of this stuff is new to you. Can I just explain real quickly where we, why we think the way we think? You know, each of us was born with a with a problem. Each of us was born with a, a brokenness inside called sin. And you know, the picture of what that's like. Some of us are like, well, we can fix ourselves. We can do it better. We we can. I don't need God. I can. I can do this. If we're honest, when you look into your own life, we've tried. And anything we've tried, it, it fails. And maybe like, well, I just haven't found the one thing yet. And I would agree with you. Because the truth is, it's like we've been born and dropped into the Niagara River at the top, you know, flowing on a, on a on 100% chance we're going over that falls. That's our, that's our lives. You know, lost in the death trap of what sin is. And yet it says God so loved us that he sent Jesus as literally a savior who would reach out and say, listen, if you'll trust me, I can pull you out of there. So will you follow me? Will you grab my hand? Not will you come to church? Not will you follow rules? Not will you give your money to the church? Not, none of that stuff. Will you, will you grab hold of the person of Jesus? Will you take the chance to follow him and know him? It will change the rest of your life. This morning, before we pray, I have a few questions, discussion questions. I'd encourage you to answer. Maybe in your house party, or maybe you're just gonna simply answer them for yourself. But I would encourage you to do so. Number one, have you ever met someone who had drifted from the most important things in their life? You ever seen somebody? You're like, yeah, I know that person. I've seen it. I've seen it happen to them. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's you know, you know, the guy from work. You're like, yeah, I saw them drift. Maybe for you, like, yeah, no, it's actually it was me. You know, why do you uh, why do you think we drift from the most important things? What what is it? that you think is the cause of that? And then third, what are some other practical things that we can do to right the ship? We gave you a couple to think about today, but what are some of the things that the Holy Spirit's dropping in your heart? You're like, you know what, here's some other things we could do or people could do. And then finally, this one you may not be ready to answer out loud, but I'd encourage you just like, you know, to answer it in your own heart this morning. What are some of your good intentions that need to become good actions? What are some of your good intentions? You're like, this is what, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I think I should do that. That need to become good actions today. And if you hear it in your heart and you hear Holy Spirit speaking there, don't delay. Do something about that today. Can I pray with us, Heavenly Father? Thank you for your Word that it's alive and powerful. It literally can change lives. I believe that. That's why we put uh, put our hearts open before your Word this morning. God, thanks for what you're doing. In my life and leading and directing me in these things, and just to to know you, God, thank you that we're loved, just so loved that we don't need to even seek it anywhere. We just are. Thank you that we have the chance just to be, to be with you, be loved by you, to love our world around us and those in our lives because we're loved by you. God, I just pray for that revelation to to grab people's hearts and that they're, again, tethered to this purpose of knowing you. May their lives and their their relationships be affected as a result. Lord, today i was excited to live today with you. As we head out from here, wherever we may find ourselves, you're already there. I look forward to doing that minute and that moment with you. Uh, it's in your name I pray. Amen.